a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thank you for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 8th of December. We start with breaking news out of the US this morning and President-elect Joe Biden has announced top medical and infectious diseases experts will lead his government's new health and services team as they try and manage the COVID disaster that continues to spiral out of control across America. Health authorities have now issued a strict new lockdown across California as infection rates soar and local hospitals and intensive care units are overwhelmed with cases. The stay-at-home order affects around 85% of the state's 40 million residents. And the statistics from the US are frightening. Just last week, more Americans died in one day from COVID than the number of people killed in the 9-11 terror attacks. Meantime, US President Donald Trump has been tweeting his well wishes for his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who is now recovering in hospital after testing positive to coronavirus. The 76-year-old former New York mayor also taking to Twitter, saying he's getting great care and feeling good. Staying overseas and in the UK, the army could be called in to help transport the Pfizer COVID vaccine, which will start being rolled out from tomorrow. 50 hospitals in England will become vaccination hubs as frontline health staff. Those over the age of 80 and aged care home workers are among the first to get the jab. Foreign Office Minister James Cleverley has told the BBC they will do whatever they need to do to transport supplies from Belgium where the vaccine is made. We are looking at uh, non-commercial flight options. So we will ensure, this is such an important product, probably perhaps the most important product. So we will look to, uh, to ensure that those supplies are available in the UK. Back home now and more than 170 passengers and crew who were forced into self-isolation after a German mother and son skipped hotel quarantine in Sydney and then boarded a flight to Melbourne have been allowed to leave. It comes after the pair tested negative to COVID for a second time overnight. The major breach occurred after a police officer at Sydney Airport made a mistake believing they had an exemption from entering hotel quarantine and systems are now under review. Some good news today with families finally allowed to reunite in Perth after WA's border reopened with New South Wales and Victoria overnight. Our Perth reporter Adam Hemmings has the latest. Well, Tash, there are plenty of happy people this morning who can cross into WA without having to quarantine for 14 days. The state government confirmed the border was reopening to those two states 12 hours before the scheduled change. There was some doubt it was going to happen after a hotel worker in Sydney tested positive for COVID-19, but health advice cleared the way for visitors from New South Wales and Victoria to be deemed a low risk. The border finally softened at midnight Perth time, and while families can get together for Christmas after being apart for months. Premier Mark McGowan is warning it could change very quickly. There is a risk that at some point in time, if there is an outbreak, we have to put up a hard border. Now the Premier has also announced that just after midnight on Friday, travellers from South Australia will be allowed into WA, but they'll need to have a G2G pass and isolate for a fortnight. And the trade war continues to escalate with China suspending more Australian beef exports. China has already banned imports from five other Aussie suppliers with no official reason given for the latest move. 
now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning. Firstly to Sydney and investigations are underway after a nine-year-old girl was killed in a horror truck accident. Our reporter Kim Bradish has the latest from Sydney. Thanks, Tash. A horrible story in Sydney's west. A nine-year-old girl has died after being hit by a truck. She was riding a scooter and was struck at an intersection at Cambridge Gardens yesterday afternoon, absolutely heartbreaking her parents, rushing to the scene and breaking down as they learned she couldn't be saved. Paramedics were also hugging roadside, devastated by the tragic loss just weeks before Christmas. It happened around 4pm at the intersection of Boomerang Place and Richmond Road. An investigation into the circumstances surrounding the crash is underway. In Victoria, concerns have been raised over GPs continuing to see their regular patients while also working at quarantine hotels. Our reporter James Lake has more from Melbourne. Yeah, thank you, Tash. Well, some doctors working in Victoria's new quarantine hotels have pushed back against government orders designed to cut the risk of spreading COVID-19. Now, instead, the GPs insist they will continue to see their regular patients out in the community. It was also confirmed yesterday by Police Minister Lisa Neville that doctors would not work solely in the hotels because they hadn't been offered enough work to maintain their regular level of income. The Victorian government had repeatedly told us a key improvement of the new program would block people going to other workplaces where they might spread the virus. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Tuesday morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool and Scott, yet another supermarket success story from the pandemic. Harsh, good morning. It's, it's an amazing year 2020, isn't it? And of all things, the winners have been in the supermarkets. We saw Coles and Woolworths, of course, earlier this year, not that long ago. Most recently, though, yesterday, Metcash, the wholesale that provided groceries to IGA, among others, had a really strong grocery performance. The interesting news is that it wasn't just groceries. So groceries are up really strongly, almost 10%, excluding the loss of a couple of big customers, or 16% if you exclude those. But if you take the, the look at the rest of the business, their hardware sales and liquor sales were both up more than 10%, with hardware up 20%. And I guess that does, to some degree, mirror the Bunnings story in the past. And it turns out we actually drank a bit more grog during the pandemic too. There's two shocks there, uh, drinking and also doing home renovations at the same time. Talking about good news stories and success stories during COVID, commodities continue to surge. Wow. And this is, I mean, this is the story of the recovery and it's tempting to, I won't say say forget, but of course, you know, the US is still very much in the grip of COVID, but economically, the world continues to recover and recover with some sort of gusto. The iron ore price up around $145 a tonne at the moment. Now, if you think that the likes of Fortescue, Rio and BHP get it out of the ground onto a ship for $15, $20 a tonne, that's a heck of a profit margin. And the, the share prices of those mines are doing spectacularly well. Fortescue in particular, Twiggy Forest business, setting record high after record high share prices, up around $21.30 at the moment, just continuing to go from strength to strength. The good news, of course, is for those shareholders, but also for the federal budget. We know how reliant the federal budget is on iron ore and other commodity exports. And right now, just exactly where we need it, some nice, uh, it's a nice coincidence, we're getting plenty of money in the government coffers from those iron ore sales. But some concerning news today, Scott, in regards to New South Wales and Victoria losing their AAA credit rating. Why? 
Yeah, so S&P Global, one of the credit ratings agencies, downgraded both from AAA with a negative outlook, so they were already looking to potentially downgrade us, down to AA plus and stable. And a real combination, not going to surprise anyone in particular, mountain of debt, we know that's going to be the case for a little while at state and federal level here in Australia, but also a weaker outlook. And it's the recovery pace that S&P is most concerned about. A little bit of debt in the short term is not a problem, but both states spending up big, and unfortunately, as we know, right around the country, and we know the rates are at record lows because of the same problem, the economic outlook in terms of the pace of GDP growth is just really slight right now. And the ratings agency basically saying, look, we're not so sure you guys deserve a AAA credit rating. New South Wales has held it for about three decades, believe it or not. So, look, it's not going to be a terrible thing. I mean, from AAA, don't forget AA is where the US government is, so we're, not, we're in good company. Uh, but the... You know, I suppose that the bad news is, with a downgrade, the good news is Moody's have retained our AAA ratings across those two states, and hopefully we can do a bit better and earn that back at some point in the not-too-distant future. And, Scott, I love this story. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind for $270 million. It's not bad, is it? Good old Bob Dylan, the, 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 the master of the, of the written song. Uh, not so much the world's greatest singer necessarily, depending on your personal taste, but he is selling his entire back catalogue, the rights to all of his music. He's now 79, I think, from memory. He's selling all of that back to Universal Music for $270 million Australian dollars. Now, we don't know the exact price, but that's what it's rumoured to be making Bob Dylan. So that's not a bad payday for, well, I mean, you know, a very, very prolific and successful singing and, and more importantly, songwriting career. The rights to those songs, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty penny to be paying. Interesting, A, Dylan getting that much money and B, Universal are prepared to pay that much money for the future. And I guess if you think about it, as you, as you open with, uh, songs like Blowing in the Wind, they are just iconic, iconic songs that I, I assume we'll be singing and, and playing and listening to for many, many decades to come. And Dylan saying, look, had enough. I'm, I'm pretty much ready to cash up and, and go. Universal Music now owning all of Bob Dylan's back catalogue. Incredible payday. Scott, thank you so much. Thanks, Tash. Check Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The jury in the Jared Hayne rape trial has been dismissed after failing to reach a verdict. That's right. Good morning, Tash. That means he'll be back at the Newcastle District Court next Wednesday to find out if he's facing a retrial. As you mentioned, the jury in his sexual assault case failed to reach a unanimous decision yesterday after two days of deliberation, that trial lasting for two weeks. The 32-year-old remains on bail and denies all charges that date back to an incident on grand final night in 2018. He spoke briefly outside of court yesterday. I told the truth and I'll do it all again. So. How are you feeling after the outcome? Oh, disappointed. So it may not be over just yet. And Brett Shana Jack's faint hopes of competing at the Tokyo Olympics are over. Yeah, that's right. Sport uh, Integrity Australia rebranded from ASADA, our peak anti-doping uh, agency, announcing an appeal to the reduction of her ban. Last month, of course, the Court of Arbitration for Sport reduced that uh, four-year ban down to two, which when backdated from when she was originally suspended, uh, meant that she could return to competitive swimming next year. Now, the World Anti-Doping Agency has changed the rules, which will come into force from next year, which means that athletes who are found to have accidentally tested positive to a small amount, minuscule levels of banned substances might be eligible for further reduction. She only needed a reduction of uh, a month and she may have been able to compete in Tokyo, of course, if she qualified. But now with this appeal, that is over because the appeal wouldn't be heard until next year at the earliest.
Oh. Brett and one test hopeful shone in a tour match against India yesterday while two others failed. Yeah, we were looking at the top of the order. Will Pekofsky and Joe Burns in a bat off for that opener's position. Both could play, of course, if David Warner is ruled out of the first test. Well, they both failed yesterday. Pekofsky gone uh, for just one run. He scratched around for 23 balls. Joe Burns, four off 13. He was dismissed cheaply as well. Cameron Green came in as the all-rounder. He was the player to really shine yesterday at a Ramoyne Oval with an unbeaten century. He'll return to the crease today on 114 and certainly sent a strong message to selectors that he is ready to make his test debut against India and uh, certainly impressed his coach, Matthew Mott. What stands out is that temperament and composure and he just seems like he belongs. Just 21 years of age, that's his fifth first-class century and certainly a star of the future, Tash. Yeah, indeed, Brett. Thank you. Checking the weather details around the country now this Tuesday morning. Firstly, to Brisbane, partly cloudy with a high of 32 degrees on the way. 22 and partly cloudy today for Sydney. Cloudy conditions also expected this Tuesday for Melbourne, high of 18 on the way. Partly cloudy and 20 degrees for Canberra, 19 the expected top for Hobart today and cloudy conditions. Partly cloudy and 22 for Adelaide, very hot day on the way today for Perth with a top of 39 degrees and mostly sunny. And 33 with a shower or two expected for Darwin with a possible storm. And a world record has been broken in the US after a woman gave birth to a healthy baby girl that was from an embryo frozen 27 years ago. Molly was born in late October after her parents, Tina and Ben Gibson, adopted the embryo from a faith-based organisation that stores them from patients who have decided not to use them. The embryo is then transferred to the adoptive mum to carry. The Gibsons also have another daughter, Emma, who was born in 2017 from another adopted embryo, that was frozen for 24 years. As Tina tells NBC News America, after so many years struggling to conceive, they are over the moon. I guess if you had asked me five years ago if I would have two beautiful girls that um, I actually gave birth to, I would have told you you were crazy. It's wonderful news. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review. And you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.